Welcome everyone to the Happy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jack, lifestyle entrepreneur, professional model slash actor, biohacker, and eco-warrior striving to make a positive impact on this planet. My goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain you while reminding you to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, as you happy hustle for a life of passion and purpose. I am so grateful and humbled to be spending some time together today. Now, let's dive in. What is up, you beautiful, happy hustlers out there? Kerry Jack here, and I hope you are crushing the day. And in this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast, we have on Miss Tori Gordon, who is one of TikTok's top 100 female creators. She's also an award-winning content creator. She's also a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator and a high-performance coach who is committed to guiding people and organizations to their highest potential and fullest expression. Today, her work reaches nearly a million people worldwide and has been seen on major media outlets like NBC, Fox News, CBS, Yahoo News, and Business Insider. Tori is the host of the notable coachable podcast named Top 5 Podcasts to Get You Through COVID. And as the founder of Coachable LLC, Tori works with highly motivated individuals and corporations who are suffering in silence to catalyze massive transformation through her engaging content, keynote speaking, and highly experimental seminars, coaching programs, and retreats. You guys are going to love this episode with Tori. She's a rock star, happy hustler, and I really enjoyed connecting with her. And when you do get some value, shout her out online. We got it all linked up in the show notes and let her and I know what you thought. Now, without further ado, let's dive into this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. Real quick, guys, I just want to give a huge shout out to this episode sponsor, Newtopia, who is making my favorite nootropics in the game. We're talking brain optimizing supplements, baby. Nine different proprietary formulas come in their world domination box. This is my go-to when I got a busy day of workflow and I need to get her done. So if you guys want the hookup, go to newtopia.com forward slash happy hustle, save yourself some money and best part comes with a money back guarantee. Now let's dive in back to this episode. Tori Gordon, welcome to the Happy House Podcast, my friend. Thank I'm you. Super excited. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a fun one. You know, I'm really interested in diving deep into your body of work. And, you know, you're a rock star, happy hustling entrepreneur. You're a mindset coach and a breathwork facilitator, and you're a content creator, and you got a lot of really cool things in the pipeline. But before we get into all that good, juicy stuff, what's something interesting about yourself that not too many people know? Mm, not too many people know. I don't know if um, your audience probably wouldn't know this, but I'm originally <laughs> from Alabama. So I, I grew up in a very small college town. And um, with that being said, I have a love for sports, especially college football. And I even uh, went out for the football team in school. I was so obsessed with it. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was. Get it's, it, girl. <laughs> it, it's in my blood. Um, so I'm a competitor hard. What position? I, I walked off after I, I went to tryouts. Okay. And then I was like, they gave me the helmet and this was middle school, mind you. And I was like, dad, 
I just can't do it because the helmet's just too heavy. I can't, I can't, I couldn't like hold it up. So it was, it was a disappointing day. I had to tell coach I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I played high school football and this is just full transparency. I did it strictly to just wear the jerseys on Friday and to date the head cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And I was not very good. I tried hard, just like everything I do. I played wide receiver and safety, um, but my sport was soccer, mainly in baseball. Mm-hmm. So I, I played uh, soccer in college and whatnot. And nice. that was my dream to play pro. And then I blew my ACL out and broke my ankle and I want that dream. But mm. anyway, I love sports and I love football too, you know, yeah. um, but that's cool. Well, let's dive in, Tori. Let, let's kick things off with a bang. So I always like to, you know, really just start off with something that's really going to make a difference in people's lives. And I know the pandemic was a tough time for a lot of people, you know, and we're still in it, really. And I know you talk about successful pivots, and I'm interested to hear what it takes to actually make a successful pivot, maybe with your career or with your relationship or maybe with your environment. But making a pivot is a difficult decision. It's awful, often difficult to actually execute. So let's talk about what it takes to make a successful pivot. Yeah, I love that question. I think it starts with getting really clear on what are you pivoting to and where are you going? What direction? You know, I always say um, it's kind of like going on a trip to somewhere you've never been before. You get in your car and you immediately have to put in the address into the GPS, but the GPS is going to give you directions based on your current location. So you need to really be clear about where am I at right now mm. in my career, in my relationship or, or what my environment. And then where is, what's the, the address or the place that I'm going? Because if I'm just like, Oh, I, I'm going to go in this direction. You can end up in a lot of different, uh, yeah. end, end locations. So getting really explicitly clear about what it is that you want, then it's a matter of committing to it. I think a lot of people get in the car and they're doing one of two things. They're waiting and they're still sitting there and they're waiting until they have, they feel like they have enough information to make the pivot. They're like, okay, I need, I need to know what right to take and when to take a left and what's going to be in front of me. And am I, it's going to be gravel or is it going to be a side road? Am I going to be in the interstate? And we think we need to know every turn before we get going at mm. all. And yeah. I think life is asking us just to get on the road and to start to make the pivot and just get moving and allow it to unfold, but be fully committed to that journey and where, where it takes you because waiting till you have enough information or waiting till the perfect time or thinking you have everything you need for the journey is a lot of people are just still waiting like sitting in their car, not going anywhere. Mm, and yep. as a result, they're like, I feel stuck or I you know, feel like I'm on a fence and I'm not making progress. So getting really clear where you're going, committing to it and starting to, to take the actual steps. I think aligning your actions to what you say you want. Uh, for me, mm. I made a pivot out of corporate and into uh, the business that I currently run today. And I did it um, in a way that most people don't. You know, honestly, I, I left corporate and was quote unquote a full time entrepreneur, but I had no programs, I had no offers, I had no clients, no one knew me as an authority in my in, you know, industry. Um, 
but I was fully committed. It was one of those mm. moments where I jumped out of the plane and I built the parachute on the way down. And mm. I was so committed to the point that I got rid of all my backup plans. There was no plan mm. B. There was no escape route. I have sold my house. Like I put <laughs> my house on the market because I was like, I'm going to give myself every possible uh, opportunity to be successful. And I think that's what it takes is just being that unashamed about where you're headed, even if other people don't understand it, even people don't get what you're doing. Um, if you have the self-belief in yourself, I think ultimately you'll find the resources, you'll find the people, the opportunities will start to come uh, when you get in alignment with the pivot you're trying to make, if that's really what's meant for you. Mm. Yeah, well said. I'm all about alignment and making mm -hmm. sure it is what's meant for you and making sure it does infuse your passion and your purpose mm -hmm. and makes a positive impact. And, you know, I'm I'm curious, you you mentioned kind of like jumping out the plane and building a parachute on the way down. Yeah. Personally, and I'm I'm curious your thoughts on this. I recommend building it organically on the side as your, let's say you're in your corporate job mm -hmm. and I recommend you actually build it organically on the side as a side hustle and then have there be a tipping point where, okay, I need to do this full time. I need to allocate more resources to my side hustle, something that I'm really passionate about, then make that transition. Yeah. And I know Tony Robbins is a firm believer in like burn the boats and jump out the airplane. And I think there's a, you know, there's no right answer, but I'm just curious right. when someone does have, let's say a corporate career or a job they don't really love, what is your recommendation to make that pivot? Mm -hmm. I think you have to know yourself on some level um, because I agree with you. Not everybody should do what I do. And I don't recommend that. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I recognize that I am a, a smaller percentage of people out there. Personally, I knew myself well enough to know that doing both was put me on a fence. So I kind of had one foot in one world and one foot in another, and I wasn't making progress in either direction. I, mm. for myself and my own journey, knew that in order to actually see if I was capable of doing it, I had to take the risk and put both feet on one side of the fence and be mm. there fully. Um, that's not that's not everybody's path. And I, I get that. But personally, in order for me to get where I needed to be, it, that was what I really needed to see. Uh, for other people, what you're recommending is absolutely um, like ideal. If, if I was actually talking to a client yesterday, who's doing what you're, what you just suggested. What I see though, is he is um, borderlining on burnout because mm. he's trying to do everything. He's oh, trying yeah. to do the side hustle and build that up to the point where he can get to where he wants to be. And he's trying to still fulfill his duties at his other job. And so there's a delicate, as you said, a, a blissful balance that we have mm -hmm. to find. And I asked him, what are the expectations or the timelines you have put on yourself to have to get to a certain point? Because so often we put pressure on ourselves to have to live up to a timeline that's only we have decided, right? And who is saying we have to make this pivot in a certain amount of time? We set that timeline, 
right? And we also get to adjust it in a way that feels aligned for Mm -hmm. what we need in order to maintain balance. Because ultimately that it doesn't matter if you work, like if you do all of it and then you're burned out and now I'm in the business business and I don't want to show up for it because I've, I've kind of just worn myself out. Um, I think it's important to kind of check in with yourself and be like, what are the timelines I feel like I'm running up against and Mm -hmm. are they based in truth and reality or am I trying to chase, you know, something or prove something to somebody or to myself that maybe I just get to check in with and see, is that still true for me? Yeah, no, it's well said again. I I do think you have to have a timeline in order to push yourself forward, you know, Mm -hmm. as they say, a task expands to the time allotted. And Mm -hmm. it's really important to give ourselves deadlines and it's really important to give ourselves targets. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a bow and arrow. Um, I love archery. And if I don't have a target with my bow and arrow, like right. I'm going to miss every time. Yeah. And, you know, so what Tori and I are talking about is actually having a clear target out there. So if you're a happy hustler listening and you don't have a clear target for when you're going to make that transition or when you're going to, you know, write your book or when you're going to start your podcast, like, it's not going to get done. It's going to just continue to expand. So it's just a, a really important, you know, point to have a clear target and then set a deadline. Yeah. Um, and I, I think too, just to, to add on one more thing to that is yeah. when you're, um, and setting targets that are, um, strategic and realistic too. It's like, Oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a million dollars in the next 12 years. If you've never made a hundred thousand dollars, that might be, you know, an unrealistic target or deadline that you're running up against. So doing it in a way that is achievable and yep. then measuring your progress, because I don't think enough people measure their progress because, a lot of times, especially when we're working at a long-term goal, it's important to cut that into smaller pieces yeah. and celebrate the progress we are making. Cause it can feel like this is so far out and so far away that we don't actually recognize the incremental, um, progress and movement that we are making. And that's actually what re-energizes us and motivates us to keep going. Mm. Yep. What you measure, you can manage. And right. and I'm a big proponent of self-quantifi- self-quantification and feedback. Mm-hmm. And actually, my first real tech startup was all about quantifying feedback. And I know I don't look like a tech entrepreneur, <laughs> but I used to. And uh, now I'm more caveman. But, uh, you know, the truth is, like, I learned a lot in that business, uh, just the value of getting feedback and and measuring yourself. And, and that's why, you know, with the 10 alignments, I measure myself every single Sunday in each of these 10 different areas of life. And then I prioritize change accordingly based on where I'm at. You know, Mm -hmm. if I was lacking in selfless service, okay, now I need to volunteer more this next upcoming week. Or maybe I, you know, I I skip my workout a day or two and I need to prioritize change. You know, it's like these little moments of check-in where you, you make those pivots, you look at the feedback. It's really important. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Now I do want to talk about the clutter in our own minds. You know, we, we have these self-limiting beliefs. We all have them. And I know you're big on breaking those down and cleaning mm-hmm. them out the closet and like getting rid of them. Cause they're not mm-hmm. serving us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what is your 
methodology to clear the clutter and to rid ourselves of these self-limiting beliefs? Yeah, I, um, this is so important because I see a lot of the things that block us from making the pivot or becoming, you know, the, the version of ourselves that we know we can be, whatever that is for us has to do with the internal clutter that has gotten, um, so heavy and so dense that we really can't see or hear ourselves. We can't hear our, our, our intuition. We can't hear what we really want. We can't sense what's true and aligned for us because there's so much in the way. Mm -hmm. And I say, you know, it's sort of like, um, when you're young and if you, you can just track this metaphor with me, it's like a storm comes through your life. And when a storm comes through, it leaves debris, right? I lived through a, a four tornado that, that, killed mm. hundreds of people and it was Whoa. a terrible experience. And after that that brief, you know, couple minute experience, it left a trail of devastation. Mm. And that's what can happen in a moment when we have a conflict, we get a divorce, we got we have um, you know, somebody betrays us, we lose a job and and there's this clutter that if we're not taught how to clean it up, it just stays there. Yeah. And so many people aren't taught how to regulate, how to process their emotions that the first time something hard happens, the clutter gets stays there and then inevitably life continues and something else happens and then something else happens. Mm -hmm. And so many people are walking around and they can't breathe because yeah. they're up to their eyeballs in internal unprocessed mm -hmm. emotion and trauma. And they're like, I wonder why I feel lost. I wonder if I feel disconnected from myself and other people. I can't hear myself. I don't know what's true anymore. I'm numb. Mm. And so the process to answer your question is really about reconnecting ourselves to our body so that we can even sense and feel what's there. Where am I tight? Where am I tense? Where am I constricted? Mm. Where am I holding in? A, my, maybe my body is in a holding pattern and I've, I'm, I've just got like a crick in my neck or I, my, I'm, I'm tight. Yeah. And um, if we can start to create a bridge into feeling again, then we can start to sense okay, what needs to, to be released? And I use uh, a, the most, in my opinion, most powerful tool we, we have um, that's free for all of us to start to, to do this um, release and decluttering, which is through breath work. Because mm -hmm. all of that that's stuck inside, the clutter is just energy. Emotion is energy and motion. And if we haven't fully processed it, it just stagnates and it just gets so stuck together and it manifests as, as headaches, as autoimmune disorders, as stress, as migraines. Yeah. So if we can start to connect into the breath, we can start to release the energy that is so bound up in our system mm. and create spaciousness. As we release and let go, there's space and room for new experiences, new emotions, new things to come in. And if there's a lot of people out there that want to create new experiences and have new um, lives, but they there's no room for that. 
there's no mm-hmm. room for those things to move um, in and through you because right now it's like, hey, I'm I'm filled up. It's like you, your suitcase is about to pop open. You need to take some stuff out yep. so that you can be filled again. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, that particularly resonates with me is doing something that creates spaciousness to release that trauma, that emotion, that stuck energy. And, you know, I'll just share uh, a little insight into something that I did. And I, I don't know if you've ever tried plant medicine or ayahuasca or anything you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I went down to Rhythmia in um, Costa Rica Mm -hmm. and this isn't like a a plug for ayahuasca or plant medicine or anything like that, guys. What I want to share is the difference between breath work and ayahuasca and this plant medicine, because we did multiple breath work sessions at Rhythmia. And then we also did four ceremonies of ayahuasca. Now I will tell you, I got pretty much more out of the breath work than the ayahuasca. I mean, mm-hmm. there was one ceremony in particular that was transformative for me with the ayahuasca, but I had three ceremonies where I got very little from. It was mm-hmm. what they call a nada, but the breath work, if I go deep, always hits me. It's like batting a hundred, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. a thousand, <laughs> um, So I want you to just realize like breath work, what Tori's talking about is free. First of all, it's more effective and it's safe comparatively to putting exogenous substances in your body or plant medicines. And, you know, it's really something if you, if you're not a proponent of it, if you don't practice it, it's something that I highly recommend. And I know Tori was going to put us through a quick, you know, 60 seconds, something. If you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling a little anxious, or maybe you got some stuck energy, you know, for me, I have a, a, um, a Tai Chi Taoist master that I've learned from since I was a boy. And I, so I have some Tai Chi movements and, mm-hmm. and clearing practices. And I also have a Reiki healer who was a mentor of mine. So I know how to move stuck energy in my body. Um, but breath work is something that really can clear not only the stuck energy in your body, but also in your mind. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, maybe just like if you could put together just a quick practice for us, everyone, if you're out there driving right now, maybe don't go as hard on the breath work, just like take note. <laughs> but if you are up to play ball, all the happy hustlers listening and watching, you know, maybe coach Tori, can you put us through a quick breath work exercise? Yeah. And this is something I I like to preface this by saying there's a couple different, what I I say, there's two different types of breath work. So there's, there's meditative or meditative breath work, which is intended to be, um, uh, take you into an altered state of consciousness and really about transformation. And then there's integrative breath, which mm. is something you can do in the middle of your day. You're in a midday slump. It's three o'clock in the afternoon after lunchtime. And you're like, I am not feeling too good to clear that energy and to, to re-energize your body, to release anxiety. Um, and this is something that can be done in five minutes or less. We're going to do something here for about 90 seconds and cool. you will feel a shift in your body and you might feel your own aliveness, your own uh, prana, life force energy that is that is always just the, the beautiful, beautiful thing about breath is that it's so consistent. There's so much we can learn from it. If we just recognize all the ways 
that we're supported. And I think a lot of times we forget that life is actually on our side. It's actually for us. And connecting into the breath and just acknowledging it mm-hmm. is a way of acknowledging your life. Um, and because the truth is without it, we wouldn't be doing any of this. We wouldn't be able to, to hustle and, and do all of that. And yeah. for those of us that might, might struggle with being in your head a lot um, and maybe meditation feels hard, this is sort of an active meditation that kind of gets you out of your head. So um, for those of you who are going to participate, I just encourage you to um, find a seated upright position and put your feet firmly on the ground. Maybe just roll your shoulders back and let's just begin. I'm going to encourage you if you're, if you feel open and and safe to close your eyes, Mm. Um, just bring your eyes down to a close. And we're going to begin by just taking three intentional conscious breaths, just in through your nose and out through your mouth, really expanding the belly into the chest, and then fully letting it just fall out of your mouth. (sighs) Dropping your shoulders as you exhale and just noticing maybe if you want to give your head a movement from side to side, if you need to shrug your shoulders as you're doing that. (sighs) Good. And the breath pattern we're going to do is called a triactive breath. And so it's actually a double inhale with a full um, elongated, powerful exhale. So it's an inhale through the belly, an inhale through the chest, and then a full exhale. So it, it sounds and looks like this. Exactly. So in just a second, I'm going to tell you, you can, you can begin, but a couple things you might feel or experience, um, you're not going to go too deep into this, but you might start to feel, feel some vibration, energy tingling in your face and mm-hmm. your forehead and your neck. All of this is safe. It's okay. Nothing, nothing bad is happening. Just allow it to like, allow yourself to experience this sensation and just focus on the breathing. If your mind starts to wander, if you're, if it starts to say, oh, I don't want to do this, just bring it back to your breath. Your brain's just noticing this is new and, and unfamiliar. It's doing exactly what it's intended to do. Um, and then at the very end, I'm going to instruct you to release the breath and take a deep inhale through your through your nose um, and then hold it at the top. And that hold, I just want you to notice maybe some spaciousness, some, some stillness that's available there and trust your body. It can hold much longer than we think. Um, Mm. So if you guys are open, um, then we can, again, just find that seated position, closing down your eyes and setting an intention just to be fully present for about 90 seconds here. And when you're ready, you can begin that triactive breath. That's right, staying with this, continuing that breath. Letting it feel like a wave, just one after another. 
continually moving in and out. That's right. You're doing great. Starting to feel your energy and your life force start to activate just a bit. Let's do about 10 more here. Five, four, three, two, one. And on this exhale, fully release and inhale through your nose, bringing that energy all the way to the crown of your head and holding it here at the top. Hold. Good. Notice if you can sense that your thoughts are a little further away. You're a little bit more grounded and in your body, a little bit more present, still quiet and releasing that breath when your body tells you to. You can fully let that go. And just take a couple seconds here and just see if in... Less than two minutes, you feel a shift. <laughs> that was amazing. I loved it. Leo loved it in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. A, that's a little like that'll state like shift your state real quickly. <laughs> so yeah. sorry about that, guys. Well, you know, and here's the thing, guys. I really hope you participated, and if you didn't. Maybe you can go back in this episode and and when you do have a minute, just go through that quick 90 second exercise. Like I'll tell you what came up for me. I might, my whole body was hyper oxygenated and you feel it in your brain and your body. And as you know, you mentioned Tori, your thoughts become a little bit more distant and what's really cool for, for me when I, when I do breath work is I, I become more creative and more visionary. I feel I, I see clearly. And I really hope that, you know, the happy hustlers out there listening to this right now, you know, actually take it seriously, push yourself. And here's the thing about breath work. It's actually work. Like it's, you got to do the work. You got to, you know, <laughs> push yourself. Like mm-hmm. it's not like, <gasps> you know, it's right. like, <gasps> like the deeper you go, the harder you push, the more work you put in, the more you get out, just like anything in life. So thank you for putting us through that quick one. Any kind of final thoughts in regards to breath work that you want to mention to the happy hustlers out there? Yeah, I think it is. um, It's a tool like so many other things. It's a tool for clearing that internal clutter. And as you said, I can... I can think a little bit more clear. I can see things a little bit more clear. Things become a little bit more vivid. It's like you just turn up the volume of your life. And and the depth and the speed, as you said, like that's what's going to enhance or um, 
bring down your, your experience and, and you can play with that. It's something you can play with and you can get to know what happens when I do this, what happens when I do this. And it, and it just creates this awareness, awareness yeah. that you didn't have before of your own body, your own power yeah. that we don't have to just walk through life being a victim to, Oh, I don't feel good today. Or, Oh, I, I, I don't have energy today. Or I'm feeling you know bad. Like we get to choose to recognize that we uh, we have the power to shift our internal mm-hmm. state. And it's so empowering to have a tool like this that you can go to in the middle of the day when you're parked in your car, like when you just had a fight with your, your partner or your kids are driving you crazy and actually feel a difference. That is what people are paying millions of dollars for, yeah. you know, out there on so many other things. Um, and it just brings you back to the power of you, that you really do have everything within yourself to, mm. um, mm-hmm. that you need to be successful in this life. And I, you know, I, I tell a story, told a story the other day to, to my community, you know, um, I think there's a lot that we can learn from all different spiritual texts, but the story of David and Goliath, you know, I don't think David looked at Goliath and said like, shit, I wish I had a like AR 15 or whatever, (laughs) like a military grade weapon. Like he used what he had, which was Mm. a slingshot and a stone. And when we're making pivots, when we're trying to do new things, it's like, I don't need the the best website today. I don't need this brand new camera today. I need to use what I have that's in my arsenal right now. And that is enough. It's enough for me to overcome the challenge, to overcome the giant or the adversity that I'm facing and to get me to the other side. And so often we think that the thing we need is outside of us. And breath brings us back to what's already within us. Mm, Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Indeed. And you know what came up for me when you were just talking about that is like, I love to live by the quote, good and done is better than perfect and never finished. You know, it's like, start where you're at. Like even I just was showing Tori, but I got the hard copy of my first book, The Happy Hustle. And it's not perfect. There's, it's, there's definitely not perfect, but it's done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like Mm -hmm. the next book will be even better. And it's an evolution within you of, okay, right now, this is, this is my best and, or at least the best right now, you know, inside me. And, you know, one thing that, um, I really appreciate about, appreciate about you, not only your soothing voice when I'm (laughs) doing breath work, but you're vulnerable with your Mm -hmm. community and with your content. And I'd, I'd like to just speak to that just briefly, if you don't mind, like for those people who are listening, who maybe are a little insecure um, with sharing their message um, and being vulnerable. What was maybe the switch in your mind that allowed you to step into that vulnerability and to really share from an open-hearted place? Mm, Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I lived a lot of my life wearing a lot of different masks and being Mm. who I thought I needed to be. Um, And it was after I, I lost my sister and my mom both um, to cancer, and I actually oh, wow. lost a relationship that I got to the point in my life, I had checked a lot of boxes. I was doing a lot of externally, a lot of amazing things. Life looked great, um, but internally, I was very lost, disconnected, and um, unhappy. Hmm. And I had always been the girl that was uh, told, oh, you're so strong. You have it together. 
How do you do it? Um, and I played that role. I played that person, that persona, and it was a facade. And I, I wore this mask of strength and, um, I was the, everything's fine. Everything's amazing all the time and it's exhausting. And so I, I became vulnerable out of a, you know, recognition that I was tired. Mm. I was tired of pretending. I was tired of acting like things were better than they were all the time. And I still, I still, notice like that I, my default is to act like things are wonderful but i think there's so much value in saying hey um this is what i'm going through this is what i've been through and knowing who you can like what you can like share with certain people really allows other people to to, to do the same and empowers them to to recognize like hey we're not alone. You know, actually I'm not the only one who feels this way or has gone through this. And, um, so the, the putting down the mask and leaving it there is a daily choice, you know, to Mm. not pick it back up, to not say, I'm going to put on the rose colored glasses and, and lie to myself about how I'm doing. Because I, I say this all the time, like there's so many people and I used to be one of them that would go to bed at night and I would say, I am, I am happy. I am in the right relationship. I, this is Mm. good. You know what I mean? And if you have to talk yourself into it, you're not, you know, you're likely not as happy or fulfilled as you think you are. And so just the value of just being honest with ourselves, first of all, and then finding the people in our lives, um, that, that we can share those things with. And I just got tired of, uh, you know, of lying to myself and to everybody else. And I was just like, it's so much more freeing just to own it. And you recognize, Hey, no one judges me as much as I judge myself. Mm. Like the thing that I'm scared of someone else judging me for, if they really knew, no, they will never judge me as much as I have already judged myself for that thing. So actually like recognizing, give people a chance to like actually accept you um, because people will surprise you, I think. Um, and you'll recognize that you're not the only person who might feel that way. Yeah. It's powerful and it's liberating to be vulnerable and to mm-hmm. come from a place of true transparency and authenticity. And the world needs that more than ever now. You know, it's like there's so many people who are out there putting on the facade putting on the masks and it's, it's sad. And what it is, is also dangerous. Like Mm -hmm. it, like it, it shares this materials, this fake lifestyle of the Lambos and the the fancy yachts. And it's like, that's not reality. Maybe that's like one hour of their day renting a Lambo and taking a picture of it. Like, don't, don't look at everything you see on social media as truth guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and don't compare and despair. You know, if anything, yeah. you need to compare yourself to you yesterday. And mm-hmm. I know it's cliche, but you have to look at, are you getting better? And, you know, one thing that I I live by in, in terms of vulnerability is I share scars, not wounds, mm-hmm. right? And it's mm-hmm. like, you have to make sure that you're sharing things that you are in a place that you can actually serve yeah. others with, you know, if you share an open wound, 
and you don't have the solutions necessarily, or you're still healing from it, maybe hold off until it becomes a scar and you come from a place of power and peace about it, you know? And, and I just think that's an important distinction when you are being vulnerable, like choose with that mindset of, is it a scar or is it a wound? And yeah, I don't know your take on that, but <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Um, yeah. and I think when we're really concerned about the way people are, see us and view us, which I, you know, that's still something that I check myself on. It's like, oh, am yeah. I doing this because I want to be seen a certain way? I want to be acknowledged for this thing. Like that is me when I'm operating from my ego, the way that I want to be seen in the world. And yep. so, you know, you might argue that because someone does a great job of presenting themselves in a certain way, they get the job or they get the girl or they get the opportunity. But that becomes a slippery slope when the mass that we use to gain love and respect and acceptance become the barrier to getting the intimacy that we want. Right. So like for the first six months of dating, like everybody's portraying their best selves and we are presenting in a certain way, but then at certain, a certain point, like that starts to crumble because it's inauthentic. And when you start to engage with someone on a real and authentic level, that's when the con- conflict starts to come up, right? And you're thinking, yep. this is not who I started dating. Who the hell are you? Like, I don't know you. Yeah, you're not yeah. who I, who I, you know, went out with the first six months. But the irony is that the most beautiful relationships, the most beautiful people that we really, really admire, for, for at least for me, are the people who are comfortable in their own skin, that who present themselves for who they really are versus versus that fabricated airbrushed version of who I think I'm supposed to be. And that only comes by doing the work on yourself to get comfortable with who you actually are. Yeah. So true. It's, it's practicing self-love, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure that you're at a place where you really love yourself first. And that's one thing I mentioned, even in my book about, um, even just in my own relationship, like I was not at a place of self-love for many years. I was insecure, like searching, you know, playing this, this party role and, and chasing, you know, women and traveling and just like living this party lifestyle. And when I stopped it all, when I practiced abstinence, when I focused on what's inside cultivating my chi and like, just really, you know, being the best version of myself, then wouldn't you know it, my fiance Steph came into the picture and it was like, oh, wow, we're both working on ourselves. We're not at a place of lack. We're more giving from our overflow right. from self-love. And, and and that's usually how the, the universe works out, oddly yeah. enough, is like when you're okay in your own skin and, and you're giving yourself self-love, you know, you can attract love from others and the right relationships will come into play. So that's really cool that you mentioned that. Now, I do like to ask all my guests a couple different questions in a couple different areas. And um, first being health, you know, I just think it's really important to just to have optimal health, both mentally and physically. And I like to call these happy hustle hacks. So maybe a tip, a tool, a tactic, something you do in regards to health that you could share with the happy hustlers out there. 
Well, I think this is a little redundant, but breath work is one of my go-tos <laughs> yeah. I do every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I highly encourage people getting into because there's not only the, the benefits from uh, the mental and emotional side, there's so many physical benefits as well and s- releasing toxins from your body. And um, so that's a big thing uh, that I highly recommend doing. I also have really integrated functional movement. Mm. Um, I used to be somebody that I, I did like super high intensity training. And then there was a time where I just only did like yoga and Pilates and that kind of thing, but functional flow, like intentional, um, movement, there's different things like animal flow and just consciously checking in and being like, how is my body moving today? And where, again, building that body awareness of where am I constricted? Where am I holding? Because I think the body is so wise. It's so smart. It knows and is trying to get our attention all the time to give us feedback. (laughs) Um, So it's really integrating the feedback that you said is, is so important, but like letting our bodies give us that feedback and actually listening to it and letting that inform the choices and behaviors that we like go throughout the day with. So that's a like the two, two big things that I, I recommend. So, so echo that with uh, my own truth. I personally, if I can't throw a high kick, like in my old age, like I have on my, on my whiteboard, always stay ninja. Like I, I always <laughs> want to be able to throw a high kick. And it's like, I see a lot of people in the gym, like they just pick up weight, put weight down. And it's like, mm-hmm. it, and it's not functional, you know, yeah. and it's like, I'm all about functional fitness. So I, I yeah. really love that you mentioned that. Um, I'm actually, I'm putting together a functional fitness, like a movement video series with all these different martial arts I've trained over the past. I'm bringing in expert martial artists to teach a, um, a specific movement in that discipline. Like mm. for Krav Maga, there'll be a movement for, for Tai Chi, there'll be a movement yeah. and for, you know, Taekwondo, there'll be a movement and jujitsu. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I want to, I, I haven't seen it done. And I, I just think I, this is kind of what I do is mesh them all together. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really powerful to uh, extract from different disciplines. So yeah, anyway, love that. fun fact. Um, now let's talk about money. You know, I like to talk about money. I think it's important to talk about money. Um, I'm curious, you know, what is a tip, a tool, a tactic, may, you know, a happy hustle hack in regards to money that you can share with the happy hustlers? Maybe something you do to help save or invest or spend wisely. Mm, yeah. Well, um, I, I would say a couple things. <laughs> Don't avoid looking, <laughs> don't be an avoidance of money and looking at your credit card statements, looking at your bank account. There are so many people, um, that actually don't want to know the state of yeah. where am yeah, I at? True. You know what yeah. I mean? So again, if we want to be financially abundant, independent, free people, we need to be clear about where we're at <laughs> and where yeah. we want to go. So don't neglect, like really like facing that. If it's something you don't want to look at, um, again, be honest with yourself. That's going to be the first thing that you can do to actually start to create the abundance that you want. Um, a practical thing that my husband and I do is we put money, We t- every single Sunday, we put a certain amount of money away and we just, it's a part of 
our kind of our process. As much as you can automate for savings, the better. I'm like, yeah. if I can just not see it come out of my account and I don't even know yeah. it's gone, the better. So yeah. um, and it's just, for me, it's about building processes that support my future self, who I want to be. I think the more that we can connect to our future self and not just, I think, not just focus on the present or the past, then it impacts our behavior because if we, a lot of people, we sacrifice what we want most for what we want now. And so really thinking about where do I want to be financially in a year, two years, three years, and how is that going to impact the choices that I make today around money? Because that is something, and maybe just a little hack, if you this is something you want to do, think about where you want to be financially in five years and write a letter to yourself from that abundant version of you today and ask them, what did they do? Hmm. Like ask your, your future self that is financially free or abundant ask because you have wisdom within yourself. Yeah. And a lot of times that's the thing you need to tap into is like, what are the choices that that version of me made and how can I start to do that today? Yeah. Yeah. Great point. You know, and just there's, there's a couple of different tech tools that I like to utilize in regards to just looking at the holistic approach of my financial abundance and it's mm -hmm. personal capital, um, and QuickBooks, you know, and, mm -hmm. and they're obviously it's, there's not like a secret about these. They're not, right. they're universally adopted. It's just having that practice now to actually go in there every week or month and, and do the work and, and, take stock is it really important. So, and automation, um, of your yep. savings. I, I love that, that point now real quick. I do want to hear a happy hustle hack in regards to spirituality, maybe mm -hmm. something you do, uh, to tap into a higher power that you could share with the happy hustlers. Yeah. Spiritual practices are, um, one of my favorites. I think for me, I've had a lot of different things that have helped me to open up to uh, the truth of who I am and to whether you want to call it universe, spirit, Christ consciousness, whatever. Um, I think things like breath work, plant medicine are tools, but ultimately um, stillness. <laughs> yeah. Stillness. Um, for me personally, as a type A doer that operates like, if I'm not careful and a lot in my masculine, and I know there are a lot of men that listen to this show coming into stillness and presence is a portal to the divine. And so is your breath. When you think about, yep. and I don't want to just harp on this, but like breath, the word spirit comes from the word spiritus, which is the, the meaning in Latin is uh, pneuma, which means breath of life. Hmm. So I really see breath as a bridge to other dimensions, yeah. <laughs> um, to, to one Christ consciousness. And, um, it's in that, that it's, it becomes a daily practice of, of connecting in and getting yep. out of just the, the dense 3d human experience all the time. Um, but I think it's about prioritizing a practice of some sort, and that can look like a lot of different things for people. Um, I, I don't say, you know, I'm not, uh, dogmatic in the way it needs to look, but I think it's 
prioritizing finding things that work for you. Breath work, meditation, stillness, uh, plant medicine have all been tools for me. And but the things I do every day is breathing and sitting in quiet. Yeah. Love it. Stillness is the key. Um, those are some great tips. So I appreciate you sharing those, Tori. Now, I do want to mention this awesome workshop that you got for the Happy Hustlers. And maybe you could just share some links where people can go to find out more about you, your mm-hmm. coaching. Maybe they're like, wow, Tori blew my mind. I want to like work with her one-on-one. Like, What does that look like? And then also talk you know, about where people can listen to your podcast. For sure. So I'd love to. You can find all about me um, at torygordon.com. The podcast is there. It's called The Coachable Podcast. It's available for download um, at Apple, Spotify, really anywhere that you listen. Um, And yeah, I have a workshop. It's called the Find Your Purpose Workshop. It's a three-part interactive learning lab, essentially, where you can really just take conscious time to sit down and get clear on the things we talked about today. The where am I's in regards to my finances, my career, my health, my relationships, every area of your life. Where do I want to be? What are those point A's and point B's? And then what's in the way? It might be practical stuff. It might be belief systems, but I give you kind of the roadmap for that. Um, And that's available at my site. I also have a free uh, a free masterclass called creating sustainable success. Um, and that's really for, for people who are out there, they are hustling, they're doing the thing, but how do we create success sustainably? That's, um, really something I'm about, not just the, oh, yeah. the high highs and the low lows. So if you want to grab that, um, you can, can do that on my website again, it's totally free. Cool. Well, torygordon.com. We'll link all this up in the show notes. Check out that workshop, guys. Now, Tori, I do like to ask all my guests the rapid fire round questions, and then we will wrap this interview up. This is basically just where I ask you random things and you answer honestly first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Favorite food. All right. Go. Uh, spaghetti. Favorite movie. Um, remember the Titans. <laughs> oh, good one. Favorite book. Oh, uh, uh, A Return to Love. Best business advice? Um, Take messy action. (laughs) What's your spirit animal? Lion. Your first hustle, first thing you did for money? Sold Costco Sam's candy at school. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) For money. (laughs) Like it, like it. Three things you're grateful for. Oh, I'm grateful for you and this opportunity to be here. I'm grateful Mm. for my breath and I'm grateful for um, my dog who made an appearance here, who is my constant reminder of unconditional love. Oh, yes. So true. (laughs) And if you had one billboard, yes, they are one billboard for the world to see with your last piece of content, what does that billboard read? Ooh. Ooh. Um, Oh, God. This is a big one. I want to say, um, find the sacred in the suck. Ooh, that's good. That's real good. Tori, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you. Thank you for sharing your love, your light, your wisdom. I so appreciate you and just showing up as your authentic, vulnerable self and um, just giving so much to others through your content and your courses and your coaching. I really appreciate that. So Mm -hmm. thank you for rocking the mic. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And congratulations on your book. Very yeah. And just final question. Um, before I do, I just want to give you an opportunity to say any last words to the happy hustlers out there. Yeah, I think um, 
you know, I am ambitious just like you guys are. And I think it's so important to, um, yeah, celebrate yourself, celebrate your wins, have fun, make sure what you're doing is enjoyable and that you're laughing and playing along the way. Um, because life short, enjoy it and make sure what you're really building is something that is going to leave a meaningful impact and you're having fun. So play more is going to be the last thing I say. Play uh, more. Well, actually the last thing you're going to say is the answer to the final question, but that was great. I love that. Play more for sure. Uh, final question is what does happy hustling mean to you, Tori? Mm, it means um, balanced action. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, balanced, balanced achievement, balanced action. Tori like Gordon, y'all. That was amazing. Cool. Mic drop. Thanks for watching and listening. Mm. We are out. Peace and love. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. I truly am so grateful that you took the time out of your busy day to spend time with me. Now, if you got any value from this episode or any episodes in the past, it would mean the world to me if you could please leave a five-star review and share this episode with your friends so we can continue to spread this message. Guys, as always, it's been a blast. Now go out there and happy hustle for your dream reality. Yeah.